This is Ed Meisigland. Um, on today's uh, podcast is a special episode. We just concluded a webinar with uh, one of the premier bankers in the country, John Randall of Live Oak Bank. And we just wanted to talk about, you know, how to help business owners survive in the, in this COVID-19 mess that we're all in the middle of. So he came on, talked about the programs as he understood them, as well as took a ton of questions that hopefully will help you get to the capital that you need in order to survive. So uh, if you have any questions, reach back out to me. I would suggest that you subscribe to our podcast at Defenders of Business Value uh, in order to not miss any of the updates because we'll be pushing out additional content just to make sure that everyone is aware of the available programs to small businesses. So enjoy my conversation with John Randall. Please welcome, please welcome, welcome. This is another episode of the Defenders of Business Value podcast, a podcast where we talk about what makes a business valuable, learn the tips and tactics to increase your company's value that only veteran dealmakers know. And now here's your host, Ed Misogland. Well, welcome to Guidance for Your Small Business During the coronavirus. I'm sorry that we're meeting under these circumstances, but uh, we're glad you're here. And today, well, first, I'm, my name is Ed Meisigland. I'm the managing partner of Indiana Business Advisors and the host of the Defenders of Business Value podcast. And, you know, Indiana Business Advisors is a organization that helps buyers and sellers buy and sell companies. But today, you know, we're talking about survival. So if you're hoping to talk about business acquisition financing, uh, that's not the topic for today. So so a couple housekeeping things I want to make you aware of. The first thing is that this replay will be available um, immediately. We're, so Chelsea, the, our marketing director, will process this and get it back out to all attendees. And if you know of a business owner that's hurting uh, or needs to hear what John's going to talk about, uh, please send that out. Same thing with the podcast. Um, I'm simultaneously recording uh, the Defenders of Business Value podcast. It's being pro- it'll be processed and it too will be pushed out today. So if you're if you're not subscribing to it already, uh, do do that. It's uh, Defenders of Business Value. It's anywhere where podcasts are uh, are are presented. So Apple, iTunes, um, iHeart. Spotify, things like that. Um, next, John will be John will be answering questions. So if you have any questions, um, please put those in the chat box. Now, um, I don't know what John's hard stop is, but uh, he's. I know we talked before recording. He's going to answer as many questions as he can. Uh, but at the same time, he can only answer what he knows. He can't interpret the SBA um, and the, their particular guidance, only what he knows as of today. And as of right now, to my knowledge, they have not ratified the um, the stimulus bill. My understanding is that the uh, vote is tomorrow morning at 9. So speaking of that, um, at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, we will have the SBA on. So we'll have Eric Armit. Armacost from the SBA, as well as David Watkins from the Small Business Development Center, also on talking about the stimulus bill and what that means for you. And if you can't, same rinse and repeat situation, we are going to push that back out to everybody that's on, as well as our entire mailing list. So 
Uh, don't sweat it if you can't be on. Now, lastly, and most important, I'd like to introduce John Randall. John, I've known him for, gosh, it's got to be 20 years. He he is one of the premier bankers, and he's just as good of a guy. And he's transparent. And when he says he can do something, he, somehow, some way, he gets it done. He's with Live Oak Bank. Live Oak is one of the premier banks. Uh, forgive me, John. It is the number one SBA lender um, in the land. So, John, Take a couple moments and introduce yourself and and have at it. Ed, thanks so much. I really appreciate the invitation. Um, very unique times to be uh, discussing these programs, but I I am happy to be here and happy to share some good news that there are some programs to to give us hope and and to get working capital into everybody's hands. Um, as Ed said, my name is John Randall. I'm a vice president with Live Oak SBA Lending. Um, if you don't know a lot about Live Oak, we're, we're absolutely committed to helping small business owners and our teams continue and are committed to, to getting capital in, into the hands of small business owners absolutely any way we can. My hope is to spend the next few minutes discussing a direct program that the United States Small Business Administration has available and how you can access capital through their low interest rate economic disaster loan. Uh, many of you probably remember our president spoke a few weeks ago about $50 billion for small business, and Congress has completed that appropriation due to the COVID-19 virus, and the SBA is accepting applications now. Uh, my objective is really going to be to make sure you're aware of how the low interest rate working capital loan program works discuss the eligibility rules behind it and the process to get it. And I want to make sure everybody understands by the end of the call, the timeline for potentially receiving these funds. As I mentioned, we'll take plenty of time for questions at the end and discuss what we do know about the $2 trillion stimulus bill that hopefully makes it through the House of Representatives tomorrow morning. The program will spend most of the time talking about it's known as the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, and it's designed to get working capital funds into your pocket as quickly as possible. The funds can be used to pay any and all operating expenses. There, there's really no limitation as long as you're paying business expenses. The term is up to 30 years, which is unheard of for a business loan, especially for working capital. The ultimate approval will be determined by the SBA underwriter based on the cash flow needs of your business. You can request up to 30 years. It's not necessarily guaranteed, but my understanding is the SBA absolutely intends on giving everyone as much flexibility in the repayment timeline as possible. The rate that's been published today is 3.75%, which is a fixed rate with no prepayment penalties. It's a great low rate. The program has a maximum amount of $2 million per loan. And once approved, the first payment's typically not due for the first 12 months. Regarding eligibility, if you're an SBA borrower today, chances are you're definitely a small business and you'll be eligible for the program. The actual requirements that the SBA is checking 
are tied to how long you've been in business. And you have to have been in business for at least a year. And you must be in a county that's been declared a disaster area by the governor of your state. Um, there's a link here through the SBA's website to check disaster declarations. I believe all counties in the country have now been certified, but if you get on and you check, don't be disappointed if your county does not yet show. It should shortly. And the one remaining significant eligibility hurdle is you have to have a FICO score of at least 570. Let's talk a little bit about the process from application to funding. The URL sba.gov slash disaster is being referred to as the online disaster application portal. And you can complete the application and all necessary forms right on the website. The forms you may be familiar with already, there's an authorization for tax transcripts, a personal financial statement, schedule of liabilities for your business. At this point, they're not asking you to upload a current profit and loss or balance sheet. The SBA may request it later during the underwriting process. I've found that having your most recent personal and business tax return, as well as a debt schedule, or at least knowing the balance on your current business debts and monthly payments will help you as you complete the application. It will ask some questions about revenue in the last 12 months and cost of goods sold. It will also ask about formation date for your company. And all those things are easily uh, found on the front page of your, your business tax return. You use the portal to complete the application and the attachments. You'll submit it and you'll get an application number emailed to you shortly thereafter. I really encourage everyone to apply so you can get in line for the approval for this loan program. Just because you apply doesn't mean you have to take the money, but it will at least get you in line for the underwriting process so that once you have the approval, you can make the choice of whether or not you want that money to get us through this challenging time and make the decision at that point what funding you want to use. I encourage you to be patient. There's a tremendous amount of traffic on the government's website right now. If you don't get through immediately, eventually you will. I know they're encouraging people to log in between 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. There's also some, been some chatter online about some browsers working better than others. I will tell you from personal experience, I completed one of these applications with a family member for their business recently. It took me about 30 minutes start to finish and having those tax returns and debt info would have sped it up even faster. I want to reiterate that Live Oak and the SBA uh, stand with you. The organizations are committed to your success in this humbling and unprecedented time. It's difficult to speak with certainty to all the additional programs that will be available because they're evolving literally by the minute. There are additional resources available on Live Oak Bank's website as well on the SBA's site. Speaking of things that are evolving and becoming close to being finalized, I do have some information on the $2 trillion stimulus bill that 
the Senate has passed, and we're hoping the House votes on tomorrow morning. In addition to direct payments to qualifying taxpayers of an estimated $250 billion, the program should also include a similar amount for unemployment insurance funding, about $150 billion for state and local municipalities, about $240 billion for hospitals and healthcare services, $30 billion to airports and transportation infrastructure. It will include payroll tax cuts for employers for the year 2020, and about $350 billion has been authorized for new SBA loans. For perspective, the 7A loan program has been running 24 to $25 billion each of the last three years. So this 350 billion of new loans are primarily allocated towards a paycheck protection program loan. Now, once again, this has not been fully passed by Congress. The president's not yet signed it and the SBA has not fully rolled it out, but we think we're within a day of Congress finalizing this. And at that point, it will be rolled out to multiple SBA lenders across the country to provide funds directly rather than applying on the SBA's website. What I do know about the program so far, the Paycheck Protection Program will have a couple of different steps. First will be a greatly condensed SBA application to an SBA lender primarily looking at what your average monthly payroll has been over the last 12 months. And I believe this loan is going to be up to two and a half times your average monthly payroll expense. You can use the loan for debt obligations that were incurred prior to 3120. You can use it for payroll, employee salaries, mortgage payments, or rent. I think it will be a 10-year loan with no payments in the first year at a fixed rate of 4%. The exciting thing that is in the legislation that the Senate has passed is that if you can keep your payroll stable through June of this year, the loan will be eligible for principal forgiveness. In other words, it could look more like a grant than a term loan. We'll have more details as soon as Congress finishes the passage, but my advice is apply for the SBA disaster loan, apply for the new Paycheck Protection Program loan once it's available, and Talk to your current bank about a credit line. Look for any and all funding sources. And once you have approvals, then you can make the choice of which program makes the most sense. I don't believe that the SBA is going to let you use both the Paycheck Protection Program and the disaster loan for the same purpose of funding payroll. It's going to be one or the other. But once again, I encourage everybody to apply for both. Once you have approvals, then make the choice of which one to take. 
Any questions so far? Yeah, John, there's lots of them. Um, uh, the first one on the tax return, um, a lot of business owners did not have their 2019s complete, even though they were due what, March 15th. Um, what do you do then? Reference the prior year's tax return will be the simplest way. Okay. The other you had mentioned about browsers on the site, um, a couple of people that I've already referred to to the the site have indicated how clunky it was and and you know they don't realize that there's how many millions of people that are on simultaneously um but anyway the feedback was that uh the chrome chrome browser and firefox work the best question (laughs) yeah um first question what will be the impact on recent congressional assistance package on small business with less than 50 employees I believe that most of the programs referenced specifically the paycheck protection program loan is available for anybody with 500 employees or less. I don't believe there's a difference between um, that. There's not break points between, you know, 49 or 50 or 51 Mm -hmm. really the focus on that program we believe will be your average monthly payroll. Okay. Um, do you have any insight on the specific on a specific business um, might get a loan given? I guess the the question he's asking is is what's the criteria that drives the loan amount for the SBA disaster loan? It's a focus on business operating expenses. So they're asking questions around total revenue and cost of goods sold. For the Paycheck Protection Program, once it's fully approved and available, they're focusing on average payroll over the last 12 months, including wages, tips, group health, retirement benefits, and taxes. And and I believe it's going to be two and a half times that average monthly payroll amount will be the maximum loan you'll be eligible for. Okay. Uh, and while we're at it, uh, for any of you that have um, questions, again, go back, go over to the chat window and, and put them in. Uh, I think I have a little bit of time with John remaining, so I'll keep plowing through these. Uh, it, next question is, is the $50 billion you mentioned in addition to the $367 billion in current cent in the Senate plan? Yes, the $50 billion was already approved and allocated as part of one of Congress's earlier stimulus bills. The current bill provides $350 billion for new SBA loans and $17 billion for SBA loan subsidies. So it is in addition to. Okay. Uh, this is an eligibility question. Uh, it says that if you already have credit... And in this case, uh, she has a credit line. Are you not eligible? Neither of these loan programs will be impacted by existing credit lines or UCC filings or other collateral that's already in place. In other words, for the disaster loan, the SBA is looking to take the next best collateral position 
So if you had a UCC filing from your bank on your business assets tied to a credit line, the SBA would simply go into a second UCC position behind it. A certain dollar amount, the SBA may or may not take collateral on that loan. Some of those details are, are still being determined based on the volume of applications they're getting. On the Paycheck Protection Program, while it's not finalized, I believe there will be no collateral requirements tied to it at all. In other words, yep. get your credit line and one of these loans. It doesn't have to be an either or. A couple of people have have put this into the chat. Um, does the SBA have the capacity to do all this? My understanding is the SBA is hiring and ramping up as quickly as possible to handle the volume of the disaster loan. The Paycheck Protection Program loan and the 7A loans will be underwritten and approved by banks current SBA lenders that should have the capacity. Yes. All right. Next question. Um, oh, you just answered that. Uh, tax returns. Are these required for the company or individuals or both? You will sign an IRS 4506 tax transcript form that allows the underwriter to verify your tax returns and the information that you've provided. My suggestion is have your business and personal tax returns handy as you complete the application, because there's info on them that will make it go much quicker for you. But ultimately, underwriting will be tied to those tax returns for the disaster loan. On the paycheck protection loan, much of the underwriting is going to be tied to verifying historic payroll expenses. So less focused on, on the tax return. All right. Uh, this next question um, may be for, for the SBA and not you, but you can make that uh, determination. So can you go into more details on how the paycheck protection could potentially be forgiven? What do you think they mean by keeping the payroll stable and do you think most of these loans will be eligible for forgiveness? So excellent question. It's going to be a multi-step process. First, you'll get approved for the loan. You'll get the loan in place. You'll get the funds. The way it's currently drafted, the forgiveness piece will be a second application. And you'll have to prove first and foremost that you used the funds for appropriate purposes. And second, there will be an analysis of your total payroll through June 30th of 2020. There's a fairly complex formula, but ultimately it's looking to see if you kept a similar number of employees and total payroll expense through the month of June as you did through the last year. And the way it's been suggested is if you reduced your payroll by 20%, then 20% of your principal balance would not be eligible for forgiveness. So it's not necessarily an all or nothing thing. 
you could perhaps have 80% of your principal forgiven. And then at the end of month 12, start payments on a reduced loan amount based on the 20% that was not adjusted. Okay. All right. Next question. Thank you, by the way. Um, John, you facilitated and closed uh, my business loan through Live Oak. You stated that one of the requirements of the biz up, forgive me. You stated that one of the requirements are the business has to be at least one year old. The company I purchased was, was 14 years old. However, I became the owner in October. Would I qualify um, or be ineligible or be eligible or excluded? We have not seen all the details because, once again, the bill's not finalized, but I believe they're looking at the age of the business. So the business is more than 12 months old. I believe you will be eligible. Okay. Uh, housekeeping matter. Hey, Chelsea, uh, would you m- make sure that the link to the um, that John had posted goes into the chat box for everybody that's on so they can just click it and start the the process of applying. All right, next question. Any recommendations if you're in the process of buying a business? For example, you have you have a stock sale. Uh, if you have a stock sale, does this help satis- satisfy uh, continue continually record continuity? Ah, the continued requirements, or is there no way to for an acquirer that can actually qualify for these types of loans? So these loans are to support existing businesses with existing ownership. The funds are not to be used for the purpose of an acquisition. That being said, I believe that it makes sense if you have just closed on your acquisition to go ahead and apply for these and then use the funds for the appropriate purpose of funding payroll or making debt payments. Okay. Uh, Are there certain businesses that are going to be given priority? For example, companies that are involved in, in K through 12 food providers. I have not heard of a, allocation of of resources for for different industries that being said one of the reasons i'm recommending getting in your disaster application now and then once the paycheck protection program is available also applying for that so that you will be able to potentially take the first available okay uh, you mentioned a grant like repay for the uh, PCPL, I guess that's principal. Um, what if your employees are cur- currently on unemployment? Would you not qualify? Even if you, even if you took the loan and then put it and then put your employees back on the payroll. We're still waiting to see all the details from this program. That's a difficult question for me to answer. But I believe if the intent is to have people back on payroll, you should not be penalized if there was a brief period where they were not. The 
calculation is based on percentage of total payroll. So even if somebody was laid off for a period of time, and let's say when that calculation was done, you had 90% of your previous payroll still in place in June, at least 90% of your loan would hypothetically be eligible for forgiveness. Okay. Next question. Um, when we get out of this mess, what's the uh, 7A acquisition loans look like? We're still waiting to see how this bill comes out in its final passage. I, I There's things I hope for, but I, uh, I'm hesitant to speculate. Okay. Um, can you go back over the conditions uh, you need to meet to receive the Paycheck Protection Loan? The funds need to be used for debt obligations that were in place prior to March 1st, payroll, employee salaries, mortgage payments, or rent. I believe that the maximum loan about will be two and a half times the business's average monthly payroll. And you must have 500 employees or less. All right. So next, I reduced my staff on March 24th, 24th and probably can't rehire for several weeks. Do I do I have to retire everyone right right away? I think it makes sense to see what the final language looks like for this program before making those types of decisions. But remember, it's not an all or nothing forgiveness calculation. It will reward you for keeping pe- the people on that you can. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm a management consultant file as an S corp and I pay myself wages. I have excellent credit. Would I be eligible? I wish I could tell you, I'm really not sure at this point. Okay. I think this might be the same thing. I'm a sole proprietor. Uh, I have a consulting practice and I foresee that my pipeline will be dry for the next three to six months. Would someone like me be in a position el- would someone like me be in a position to be eligible for that type of loan? I'm really not sure. I've not seen the final language on the paycheck protection program. Um, I would encourage you to, once again, get your application in for the disaster loan. And then once the paycheck protection program becomes available, um, apply at that point in time. We'll have additional details. Got it. the prudent thing to do is get in both applications. Okay. Uh, I've already laid off my staff and they have filed for unemployment. Can I get a paycheck protection loan and rehire my staff back? I know we kind of touch on that. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do we have to guarantee personally guarantee these loans? My understanding, once again, this is not a final bill. So, but my understanding is the Paycheck Protection Program will potentially not have collateral requirements or personal guarantees. Okay. Um, I have been sent a form called the Disaster Relief Payment Assistant Request for borrowers with current SBA loans. This is a, a principal deferral uh, of your current loans is what I am told. Are you familiar with this assistance? 
So it sounds like you're talking about something specific from your bank tied to your current loan, not tied to an SBA program available for everyone. Yes, I am. Um, essentially, it's a request to not make your principal or interest payment for a period of time. And I believe most SBA lenders are accepting those applications and working to uh, make sure our borrowers are are supported. Okay. Can, can self-employed individuals who do not take a salary qualify? I don't know how that's going to work with the Paycheck Protection Program yet. I would get an application in for the disaster loan program right away, even if that's your circumstance, okay. um, and, and, and look to see what the approval looks like. Okay. Uh, I have two locations with two different TINs and separate payrolls. Do I have to file two applications for the payroll protection loan and then two applications for the forgiveness? I've not seen the details on how that program is going to work yet. I will share that on the disaster loan application, the individual that's completing the application will plug in their personal information, tax ID number, and then information for each of the entities that they own all on one application. Okay. The application for the Paycheck Protection Program loan will likely be more specific to your individual lending institution. And I don't know what the format will be yet. Okay. Uh, Terry asks, um, is this presentation being recorded? And if so, is it distributed? Yes, uh, it will be. It is being recorded and it will be distributed within the next couple of hours um, through through, if you registered, it'll go. It'll go out. It'll also be on our podcast, Defenders of Business Value, as soon as we can get it processed. Uh, for these programs, can you comment about personal guarantees and collateral? I think you did a little bit of that. I did. Um, I my current understanding, and and this is very subject to change on the Paycheck Protection Program, is that there will likely not be a collateral or personal guarantee requirement. The disaster loan application, I believe, um, will likely have a requirement for best available collateral. So it's okay if you have other liens, UCC filings or mortgage liens ahead of that new lien, but I believe they are trying to take what collateral they can get. Okay. Uh, if a business hires contractors and keeps them hired, does this satisfy the maintain payroll requirement or is it for full-time employees only? Um, I don't have those details yet. I believe that this applies to full-time and part-time employees, but we need to see the final bill to know for sure. Okay. Uh, if you have, uh, if you're headquartered here in Indiana, and you manufacture in another state, but not in Indiana, does that present any issues regarding applying for these loans? Uh, these are federal loans. It should not have an impact to the best of my understanding. All right. I heard on the news that along with the Paycheck Protection Program, you would receive an immediate payment of $10,000 for speedy liquidity. Have you heard this? 
I have not heard that. Doesn't mean it's not true. I just have not heard it. All right. Um, so how many businesses would, would this program be likely able to cover? Um, the back of the envelope, the back of the envelope calculations look like about 25 to 50% of businesses could exhaust the capital. I really can't speculate on that. <laughs> I was I was wondering what you're going to say to that, but we print money, you know that's no problem. Um, is there a salary threshold level above a hundred thousand dollars? Waiting to see the final text of the bill, but I do believe that for the paycheck protection program, there's likely to be a compensation limit, um, and. Um, I, I have seen a hundred thousand as the, uh, the target number for where that'll end up. Got it. Um, the next one's, uh, what's the official website for the paycheck protection loan? And you may, if you, uh, move your, your, um, screen back to, well, I'll go ahead. So remember the paycheck protection loan is not passed yet. So there's not a place to apply for it yet you will apply through your local lender or somebody like, you know, Live Oak or any of the historic SBA lenders should be for providing this once it passes, but there's no place to apply for it yet. Okay. Um, all right. We talked about personal guarantees. Uh, next, I'm a dentist with two locations that are two S-Corps with two different TINs, staff of six to, six to eight per location, including my wife and myself, drawing W-2s. Uh, I close March 12th and most likely will not open until at least mid-April. Do I qualify for any of these loans? Apply. <laughs> I would apply for the disaster <laughs> loan, and once the... $2 trillion stimulus bill passes and banks have the paycheck protection program up and running. I would apply for that as well. All right. Um, would these disaster liens only be on the business? I can't speak to exactly what collateral the SBA is going to be looking at on the disaster loan. The SBA 7A program looks for any available collateral could be business assets or personal assets like a junior lien against real estate. Um, that being said, I don't know the exact collateral requirement on the disaster loan. Okay. Uh, any other questions? I think I've got a couple more uh, just to confirm. Uh, the disaster loan will be processed and come through the SBA, but the paycheck protection program will run through uh, partner banks like existing 7A programs. That's exactly correct. Okay. Um, if you go one more slide, we had some uh, pregame questions that I think we can answer. So, John, what do you think? Uh, how can we avoid closing our business altogether? Tough question. I, I think that you've got to know there's hope and that these programs are coming available. 
there will be approvals, there will be funds that will be available and potentially um, forgiven. So keep that in mind as you're making those very difficult decisions. Um, yeah, I get it. Um, so if, if we take a business loan, and don't get the funds to pay it back. I think you talked a little, you touched a little bit on the forgiveness side. Um, I think the third one we covered through the chat, can yep. we, as well as the fourth one we covered through the chat, the fifth one uh, came through. What, what does this do to uh, my long-term business value? Um, you know, like I said at the beginning, I mean, I think right now we're, 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 we're posturing how to how to look for survival, not necessarily how to um, maintain value. But but I will comment to that that you know business value is based on three things: earnings, risk, and expectation. You know, you know stabilize the business. Um, I I think John will attest that you know when when you do go into um, buying a company or selling a company down the road. You know there there will be a, a, a an income statement adjustment that is you know COVID related and it's a non recurring event. I mean at least we hope so. And that being the case, you know that that's an adjustment that I'm certain that the underwriters would look to, um, you know that would look and and understand that everybody was in the same boat. Um, risk. I mean we'll have to address risk. You know, it, it depends on, on the respective company and then expectation forecasting in small business is hard to begin with. You know, what, what does a forecast look like for the next, you know, one to three years uh, that, that may be difficult. And, and I don't know if values will necessarily go down, but I think, I think structure um, for future sales will probably have to be uh, augmented and adjusted to accommodate the, or mitigate the risk that the buyer is going to take. So, John, um, let's see. I don't. Oh, we got some more questions. Um, so, if uh, let's see. So, if the paycheck bill passes tomorrow, do we go to the to the bank tomorrow to apply? Uh, I think you said go to the bank to, or go apply today, right? I I would stay in close contact with uh, a, a business lender that you know and trust, so that they can tell you as soon as their applications available and you can be the first in line. All right. Are, are there any changes to the SBA 7A acquisition loans? Will lenders continue to provide SBA 7A acquisition loans uh, if there's a willing buyer, willing seller who will want to move forward? I think the short answer to that is yes, there's still going to be acquisitions that take place there's certainly going to be an emphasis on understanding what impact the business being purchased is will have from a cash flow perspective and how that should impact the deal structure and lenders are going to want to make sure there's sufficient working capital to survive okay. any future shutdowns or shelter in place orders okay. but there there will be dollars available for continued acquisition financing. Okay. Um, last call for questions. All right, John. Well, you know what, I, as always, buddy, I, I certainly appreciate all the time that, uh, that you've, you've taken with us and, and the people that, that we have on, on this, uh, on this webinar. I think, uh, I think 
as as small businesses, the continues to be the foundation of of our economy. Um, I think this gives people hope. And um, go back one so I can make sure that everybody sees your contact information. Um, yeah, so this is John's contact information. Reach out to him. You're you're more than welcome to reach out to to us at Indiana Business Advisors. We're happy to to connect you to any resource that that we have available, including folks like John. So, John, uh, again, I, I can't thank you enough for the the time and and willingness to come talk to all these people. Thank you very much. Have a great afternoon. And like I said, we will have uh, record the recording available and we will have uh, it'll be posted on our podcast here within the next couple of hours. Thanks for joining us. Certainly uh, email us any kind of questions. This was another episode of the Defenders of Business Value podcast. For more episodes packed with strategies to increase the value of your business, visit DefendersOfBusinessValue.com for show notes, transcripts, and free tools to start you on your journey. Subscribe now so you don't miss any future episodes.